Okay, back with Dr. Iris Gorfinkel. Dr. Gorfinkel, we're going to talk about hospitalizations for the next couple of minutes, and let's start with the shift that has been made when it comes to admitting patients. What is the difference, and uh, why does it uh, matter if you've been admitted with or from COVID-19? Huge differences, actually. You know, we look at the number of hospitalizations, and hospitalizations actually include two categories people who were admitted because they had COVID-19 and it had made them that sick. And the second category is people who were admitted with it. In other words, they came in for something else and were found to have COVID once they were there. So everybody who goes to hospital has to get checked for COVID-19. Omicron, as I mentioned, is one of the most contagious viruses the world has ever seen. It spreads rapidly. So in a lot of the time, people who have it, especially you know, the vast majority of Canadians at this point are vaccinated. And what that does is it turns it into a mild disease. In fact, it can be asymptomatic depending on what source you read, 10%, maybe up to one third are asymptomatic, a large number that we're not even testing are. So what happens is these individuals go to hospital, they're there for appendicitis, they're there for a ruptured ovarian cyst or heart pain or whatever it is, and then they're found to have the virus on testing. So that's the other group. So the question is, how do they divvy up? It's super interesting. It turns out it's about half and half. Half of patients are admitted because COVID-19 brought them to the hospital, and the other half were admitted because they came with other things and were found to have it. Now, as it turns out, both categories put tremendous strain on hospitals because they need their own room, because they need isolation, because they need special cleaning procedures, because, because, because it goes on and on. So it is interesting to see, though, from an epidemiology point of view, what, you know, how, how many are really caused by sickness because of COVID? Now, since we are talking about hospitals and hospitalizations, also want to discuss with you here this afternoon this new research out of the UK. They conducted a statistical analysis of uh, hospitals, and this study suggests that there might be a need to monitor those that have been in hospital uh, with COVID. And that's uh, because uh, they believe, and what they're seeing is those that are discharged uh, from hospital, they have a greater risk of being readmitted to hospital. Yes, that's exactly right. And it comes as no surprise that if somebody is sick enough to be admitted with COVID-19, now here they're using the word with, but this is because of COVID-19, these individuals are twice the likelihood of getting readmitted within the following week. That's twice as likely as the general population to be admitted. You know, so, and they also found in the study that they were at five times the risk of dying. But let's, let's hold off for just a second and take a look at why that might be. Because understand that people who are getting admitted are generally older, for sure. That's the vast majority of hospitalizations. And what do you know? They have other illnesses as well. You know, so they might have heart disease, they might have diabetes. And we also know that once a person experiences, once a person has COVID-19, it sets the stage for triggering other problems. So if they have COPD, their COPD is going to worsen. That's emphysema, chronic bronchitis. If they have asthma, it is going to get a lot worse. What if they, you know, what if they, what are the chances of getting influenza on top of it? 
it's actually significantly higher. So each, like once a person has COVID, it sets the stage for these other diseases. And once there's a lung problem, it raises the likelihood of awakening heart problems. So these things interrelate. All right, just finally here on this Wednesday, I want to talk to you, uh, let's return to Omicron if we can, and just how contagious are you? How long are you contagious if you have contracted COVID or Omicron? Because the isolation period we hear the recommended is 10 days, but, uh, you know, in a lot of workplaces, a lot of other settings, it's been reduced to five days. Is that optimal and is that enough, five days worth of isolation? So this is fascinating. The Public Health Agency of Canada, our federal body, has said it's 10 days. Ontario says, no, five days is fine. But that data was based on two studies. One that demonstrated patients generally felt better within four days, and that was a large study. Well, let's not exaggerate. It was based on a party in Norway with 110 attendants. Then we have the National Basketball Association outbreak that also helped inform that five-day recommendation. But there's a new MedArchive study that just came out last week saying, actually, even though people tend to be symptomatic for four or five days, they're, they're actually transmitting the virus for minus two days, two days before they even have symptoms, they're starting to be contagious, all the way up to 10 days after those symptoms start. So in fact, you've got 12 days in which they're potentially transmitting virus, even though they're sick for only four or five of those days. So this business of, I feel fine, therefore I am not transmitting disease is totally false. Okay, but has this story been instituted just because of the labor shortages we're seeing right now and supply chain problems and getting things like food on store shelves? There's no question. It is a very careful balance because as you approach that 10th day, fewer and fewer people are transmitting the virus. They become less contagious over time. But the fact of the matter is it is a careful balance. And I think what's missing from this picture is testing. Look what the UK does. The UK has the same five-day rule as Ontario, but instead that at the end of those five days, you have to have two negative rapid tests. Sure, rapid tests aren't perfect, but at least it's better than not testing at all, which is what we're doing. You say five days, okay, you can go back into the workforce. And I find that concerning, especially when people may be facing high-risk patients. All right, I got less than a minute here, but do you see this uh, recommendation changing? Will the period of isolation be going up, returning to 10 days? Or do we even know? Because, you know, we let off our conversation this afternoon talking about this subvariant of Omicron, and uh, who knows where we're going next? Well, the subvariant is a very tiny, tiny percentage at this point. I mean, it's something that we're keeping an eye on, but it's not something that has taken over. So at this point in time, our biggest concern is really to make sure that if that five-day isolation period is changed, I'm hoping we'll see testing brought into it. I get that testing is limited, but we need to use those tests judiciously and wisely. And instead of just handing them out broadly to low-risk populations, we need to use them in higher-risk populations and ensure that when people end that five, six, seven days, whatever it may be, isolation, that in fact it's ended with testing so we know that they're less likely to transmit disease. All right. Good stuff. Dr. Iris Gorfinkel, appreciate it as always. Thank you so much. Many thanks.
Dr. Ivor Skorfinkel, vaccine researcher, will step aside, get a break. Stay with us. You're listening to The Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the ring.